Smarties, today we dig into what navigating a post-pandemic academic world is going to look and feel like. We talk about the fears, questions, and adjustments learners, parents, teachers, and educational therapists are experiencing as we all are going to be navigating a post-pandemic world and a post-pandemic academic experience. There's a lot to be learned from the pandemic, and there's a lot that we think will continue on in education now that educators have been forced to sort of reevaluate how we've done things for the past hundred years. But also there are some genuine fears and anxieties that we dig into in this episode. But have no fear. We break it all down. And of course, CAP Educational Therapy Group, my practice, and my ed therapist, Steph's practice, are here to support you and serve your families as they are navigating this post-pandemic academic world. If you are interested in working with Steph's practice, the website is www.myedtherapist.com and you can go sign up for a phone call. Steph's practice does all the things. And my practice, CAP Educational Therapy Group, you can sign up for a phone call as well, www.capedtherapy.com, K-A-P-P. And we specialize in learners with ADHD and or executive functioning issues. We'd be happy to chat and support you through the summer and navigating the post-pandemic academic world. Without further ado, let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 162 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. I'm Rachel Cap, And today we're talking about the post-COVID re-entry. Anxiety producing for us all. Yeah. And I will also disclose that we are recording this in early May. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And so a lot could change before this episode comes out. But in the past six weeks, Mm -hmm. Steph, what has it been since students have begun hybrid here or back to in-person? Yeah, it's been slowly transitioning over the last six weeks or so. And they only have about like five weeks left. Of school. In general. Mm -hmm. So somehow we've made it through this year. But there's been a lot that sort of has come up, not just emotionally, but sort of academically about navigating what hybrid is, what it's like for you to still be at home as some of the families have continued to make that decision for personal family reasons, or be fully back in school or be on Zoom while your peers are in school or you're in school, but some of your peers are still at home on Zoom. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of fears and questions and adjustments that everybody is going through, not just the learners, but the teachers and parents as well. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time breaking this down and talking about it as we think about it as ed therapists. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, Steph, what's sort of been your experience as you are watching your clients navigate this? I think it's all very different because even kids within the same family are navigating it differently. Right. And I have some clients that wanted to stay virtual their parents gave them the option. I have some kids that wanted to go back into in-person. I have some kids that were afraid to go back to in-person and are now liking it or just adjusting. I have some kids that could not wait 
to go back. And it didn't matter what it looked like, just being with their friends was all they really wanted. So I think it's a mix. And it seems like every week has been different lately. And, oh, first it was just, you know, two days a week. And now it's going to be four days a week. It keeps constantly changing. So, I mean, I can't keep up. I don't know how the parents are keeping up with what it looks like. And then my friend, her sister got married over the weekend and they went to the wedding. And because they flew out of state, now they have to quarantine and, you know, all the things. So now that's back to an adjustment. So she's got two weeks of that and then they can go back to school. It's just, it's very complicated. And from an executive functioning standpoint too, like we stress routine and consistency and there just is none with this, which we're going to talk about later on in the episode sort of how to navigate it. But I think this has all been a huge lesson in flexibility and rolling with the punches. Mm -hmm. And as employers, I can speak to the need for us to do that for our team members. And we hope that that's how other employers have responded to parents who are parenting through the pandemic as well, because there are times when shifts need to be made and the kids' well-being has to come first. But at the same time, parents need to work. So it's been a true lesson for those planner type A type people in learning how to roll with it. (laughs) Adjust, pivot, adjust, pivot, adjust. Constantly. And it feels better here in LA. I will say that. So it does. We are in the second week of May right now. And at one point, LA was like the worst and it was very scary. And now it's starting to breathe a little bit, you know? Yeah, I can feel it. You and I are going to get together this weekend. Yes. And maybe even be inside the house (laughs) this time, (laughs) depending on weather, because sometimes it's nice to be out. But yeah, you know, those types of things we were not discussing two months ago. No, totally. So yes, it is a lesson in flexibility, but also I personally am feeling hopeful. Yeah. As we enter the summer. (sighs) It's been interesting. That it has. So let's talk a little bit about some of the fears and sort of our take on them. These are fears that we've compiled from all of the above, from our team members, from the learners we work with, from parents, from teachers. And the first one is a huge parenting fear, which is that their kid is going to be behind. I'll respond first and then Steph, maybe you can add, but Mm -hmm. my guess is you respond to this concern in the same way, which is that this was something that happened universally and globally and all kids are going to be behind. Everyone's behind a hundred percent. And we are not going to have, and I'm sure we've said this on the podcast before, but we are not going to have the same standard and expectations of a rising 10th grader. That we would have had three years ago or two years ago, right? So that's sort of my reaction to that concern. Now, if your child was behind going into the pandemic, then there's absolutely an opportunity to bridge that gap. And we have a lot of clients in both of our practices who are using this as an opportunity to sort of catch up a little bit now that everybody's fallen back a little bit Mm -hmm. and sort of be more leveled out. But That's sort of how I'm looking at that concern and our hope and expectations are that teachers and standards are going to shift appropriately and accordingly. Yeah. I was just going to say, trying to stay away from comparing 
your older child who was in a grade to now your younger child who was in that same grade, you can't compare. So like just taking everything with one step at a time, we'll all figure it out together and the kids will get there. We always said sort of pre-pandemic that we only wanted parents worrying about the next three months. I don't want parents worrying about the next three months right now. Literally, we're on a week by week, Yeah, as you were just saying, and how different every week feels. And so, no, let's not get too ahead of ourselves and let's stay more present and locked into the moment, which can be really hard for parents because we have yet to see what is going to happen. And so let's wait and see. Totally. And I think the other thing is like, there's a big concern about just COVID itself. Yes. Getting exposed, what happens, going to have symptoms, is it going to be bad? Even the vaccine, a lot of anxiety and concern, as we know personally. A hundred percent, right? From certain experiences. Sorry, I don't mean to vague podcasts. It's just, you know, we have a life outside of the podcast that sometimes we don't talk about on here. Someday it will be discussed. Yes, a lot of concern about COVID, about the vaccines, how it's going to impact learning, yeah, and teaching our kids to walk through that. I've heard kids talk about, well, what if my teacher gets COVID? Mm. It's that too. They've got this extra level of, well, who's going to teach my class and how are we going to... It's confusing. And not having the answers is tough. Yeah, and we don't. That's been hard the whole pandemic. Another concern is learning with masks. Steph, you and I haven't talked about this, but I'm curious what you have to say about when students are re-entering. You know, kids are pretty resilient. And even the little kids, when I first opened the practice back up and we were doing in-person, it was a little bit hard for the kids. But now it's like putting on their shoes. Yeah. Okay, got to get my mask. They've just adapted in a way that... I don't hear them ever complaining about their masks anymore. At first it was, I can't breathe. It's hurting my ears. But also I honestly feel the same way. Like my ears are used to it now. There's a few instances where it feels like I can't breathe. But for the most part, I've adjusted. I think we all have. And I think a lot of kids are learning to adjust in a way they're looking at our eyes more. They're looking at our body language more. Mm. They're learning things differently, but they're still learning. It's interesting for the kids who will read lips Mm -hmm. too and sort of navigating that and having face gear that's appropriate for that. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you that I think maybe over time that concern has dissipated and especially for the littles where they are told this is what you do and they're seeing it modeled. And obviously in LA, there's a culture of mask wearing here for sure. Mm -hmm. They're seeing it modeled. Yeah, it's different, but they're used to it at this point. It's an accessory too. Yes, it's totally an accessory too. I love watching the celebrities, how they're making their masks match and all that stuff. Totally. So another concern that we've heard a lot is for those who were in the midst or about to enter a big transition year. So if they were transitioning from elementary to middle or middle to high school or high school to college and everything was online, now it's going to be opened up next year, especially with colleges, they're mandating the vaccine more and more. But it's a lack of experience in new environments convoluted by how the world has changed. But I would argue that those transitions would have been uncomfortable whether or not COVID had happened or not. There's a learning curve. And I think kids are much more resilient at times than the adults. Oh, 100%. And they roll with it better than we do. 
that's why it's so beneficial to, to have someone like us on the team, helping them navigate those transitions too, because it would be tricky in normal times, pre-pandemic times. Yeah. And might be slightly more complicated, especially if there's a hybrid model going on, which leads us to managing hybrid. You know, right now there's a lot of kids are in the classroom, but the teacher is still at home. Right. There's something different for every grade, every school, every district, you know, managing it and expectations and when you have to be where they're adjusting. It's hard, but they're getting there. And the last thing to talk about is, you know, the fact that activities are starting up and kids are a little hesitant and a little nervous, but also excited. And they're going to go through the process that we all are going through. Everything was forced off our plate in March of 2020. And we were not given a choice, right? Steph, you and I have talked about how busy and active our days were prior to the pandemic. Yeah. It's been really interesting just sort of observationally to watch what you put back on your plate, what I'm putting back on my plate. Mm-hmm. We're looking at each component and each piece and do I really want this? And I think adults are doing that for sure. I think kids are doing that. And so it's just another thing that's a wonderful byproduct of reentry and opening up again. The good news is that you can slowly ramp up. Whereas in March of 2020, Everything stopped. Yeah. We had so many conferences and speaking stuff that was canceled. All sorts of things. Everything was taken off our plate. And we know that we're not the only ones that that happened to, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So one of the challenges that I've had, particularly with the older kids, is figuring out how to turn in their homework in the hybrid model. So, for example, if they have an in-person day, do they turn their homework in person Or do they continue turning it in online? Now, if you have a learner who loves making assumptions, and we all have those learners in our lives, that needs to be a very clear-cut conversation about what your expectations are about turning in assignments. We're not going to assume. I have clients who have, like, magical thinking. Oh, yeah. And they're like, my teacher doesn't want me. Like, they just make up things that make sense to them, but it's always what's sort of easier for them or gives them more time for the assignment or whatever. So sort of across the board mandate with your students, no, you are going to continue turning everything in online and you're going to have a physical copy in class in case that's what the teacher asked for. But chances are they are going to continue wanting things turned in digitally as well. Depends. I was working with a student the other day on an assignment and it was the first time he was physically writing. Mm. And he was coloring and color coding things for his notes. And I was like, whoa, this is the first time we've done this, you know, in a very long time. It might just depend on the class, depend on the teacher. Yeah. So go back and listen to our online portal pitfalls episodes. We'll link it in the show notes, but it's basically all those challenges that we talked about in that episode are going to continue being challenges and questions. But we discussed the online portal pitfalls. And to be honest, I think a lot of kids have adjusted very, very well to the things that we don't like about online portals, especially in our practices. Like as ed therapists, we are in all the portals and like looking at all the things. Mm -hmm. And so there's absolutely a learning curve. But go listen to that episode because I think that's still going to be pertinent for sort of overall understanding in a hybrid and even in a fully in-person Model. These were not gripes that we had with the online portals that only existed in the pandemic. 
It's true. These were things that we have struggled with for years and it became important to do an episode on it, but I don't know that we would have had parents not been experiencing these portals in that way. Don't you think? Unclear. It's hard to say, but I will say these were conversations we were having that weren't necessarily, let's do an episode. It's true. So let's talk about some adjustments. I don't think they're going to be shocking to anybody who's a long-time listener. Some adjustments. Uh, Using Google Calendar or a planner instead of a portal, right? So some of the teachers are not doing stuff on Google Classroom anymore. Some still are. It just depends. We have done many episodes on calendaring and Google Calendaring and calendaring like a pro. We'll link them in the show notes, how we sort of navigate both having a portal and an online calendar, which we are huge fans of. Yeah. All right. Establishing and maintaining a physical system for organizing yourself. This hasn't been so critical during online learning. They needed to have a digital way of organizing and managing themselves, which our clients for sure did. But the third system, one is the system for managing your time. One is the system for managing yourself digitally. And the third is the system for managing yourself physically. We have to reintroduce that system to our clients now Mm -hmm. because there is an opportunity for things to be left at home or only on their computer and they needed a physical copy. So they need to have a system that is simple easy and not complicated. Yeah. But we'll go ahead and add that to the show notes as well if you haven't gone back and heard that episode. Yeah. So then the next thing is the late work issue. Mm. So if you forget to turn something in physically, if it was due physically, you won't necessarily have the option of online like you could before. But maybe some teachers might for a while or some teachers might permanently like just having things digitally, navigating that is going to be an adjustment. And it's going to be tricky, particularly for our middle and high school students who have more than one teacher. Mm -hmm. Just like navigating the portal is tricky with more than one teacher because teachers use it in a different way. Their preferences could shift and change. Every teacher is going to be using their own system again. Yeah. And I don't know who wrote that in our write-up for this episode, but it says every teacher will go back to using their own system sad face. <laughs> it was you. Yeah, you put the sad face. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like me. Yeah. And then the final adjustment is that some of the learners we were working with and teachers we were working with and some of the people in our orbits mm-hmm. were coping by just making it through. Yeah. Minimum viable product was definitely something we were talking about. And if you haven't heard that episode, we'll go ahead and link it in the show notes and what that means. But there is going to be a re-entry adjustment period if there hasn't been already. But for sure, everybody's going to have an adjustment going from summer back to school. But now there's also going to be, I would imagine, a higher level of expectation. So minimum viable product across the board may not be an option. And it's going to step up again. Slowly, yeah. But luckily, Cap Ed Therapy Group and my Ed Therapist are here to support the learners as they navigate this one step at a time, guys. Yeah, and I'm really proud. I will just say this: the clients that were working with us prior to the pandemic, I feel better equipped to sort of go to the online model because their systems were ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so if you already had a Google Calendar developed, it wasn't a big deal to put the Zoom link in. It's true. And so I'm proud of the way my therapist has responded. I'm proud of the way Cap Therapy has responded, the way both of our teams have responded. I'm proud of the way we've responded. 
Yeah. And so we're here for you guys. If more questions come up, definitely email us, Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. And we are sure we'll be talking more about this. Yeah. But in the meantime, have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.